The following is Nature of Business with Chrissy Coughlin in association with GreenBiz.com. Welcome back to Nature of Business. This is your host, Chrissy Coughlin, and we have on the line Tim Healy. He is the CEO and co-founder of Enernock, a Boston-based energy management company. Enernock, as he will explain, and I will sort of say quickly, is a leading developer and provider of clean and intelligent power solutions to commercial, institutional, and industrial customers, as well as electric power grid operators and utilities. And Tim will explain a little bit more about what that is. Welcome, Tim. Hey, Chrissy, how are you? I'm doing great. It was nice to meet you last week at the uh, at the conference. That was a fabulous conference. Oh, thank you. That's something we're we're really excited about. It's our second year running the Energy Smart Conference, and uh, we had almost 500 of our customers and prospects and partners in town to talk about the latest and greatest in energy management. So it was a good time. It was really neat. I got to talk to a lot of your customers just sort of schmoozing around, and uh, they seem to be saying some good things about Enernock, which is uh, always nice for you to hear, I'm sure. Uh, that's, that's what we live for. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of folks that are really proud when they get those comments. And, you know, we learn a lot from customers, too, because I think we're really at the, you know, very beginning stages of some of the some of the neat things, some of the interesting things and, and more innovative things that are going to go on in energy management. This is one of the last, you know, one of the last – uh, business activities that really hasn't intersected yet with high tech and, and IT and information technology. So, you know, we're seeing that, you know, all of a sudden people are saying, wow, there's, there's reams and reams of energy data out there. What do I do with it now? Now that I'm connected to the markets, now that, you know, there's opportunities in demand response, there's opportunities in data-driven energy efficiency, how do I make sense of it all? And, you know, Enernoc is hoping to be one of the premier companies to do just that for folks. So let's let let's talk about what Enernoc does. Well, demand response is is a very simple concept. Um, it's the idea that instead of turning on instead of a utility turning on a peaking power plant when energy is scarce, you know, you think of those those times during the summer when everyone's running their air conditioners and businesses are operating at full throttle. Eventually, a utility is going to run out of supply resources, and instead, they turn to demand response. And what that means is, is utilities will send us an electronic signal, and then we send a signal out to our thousands of commercial, industrial, and institutional customers, and that signal uh, tells them to turn off some of their non-essential electricity use so that we can ride through these, these spikes in demand and reduce demand on the grid and keep us from blackouts, brownouts, and, and also reduce the real-time cost of electricity for, you know, everybody, all energy consumers. So we're just turning off electricity at peak times in order to keep, uh, keep the grid humming. I want to hear about your, how you conceived of this idea. Were you just sitting there with David just like, this is what is needed. We have a niche here. How, how did this, how did this yeah. come about? No, in fact, in fact, we really had a different idea for how to, how to get Enernoc started, which is much more what Enernoc will eventually become, which is the leader in you know, making sense of, of energy data. What, what demand response, we kind of stumbled across demand response, to be honest with you, and demand response isn't necessarily a brand new concept. All we've done is, is we've made it brand new by putting it into, uh, you know, overdrive. We've really put uh, a basic old concept on steroids and we've brought it to, you know, the mass commercial, mass industrial market. And what I mean by that is demand response used to be something that people would, would think of as interruptible load. And by interruptible load, most utilities out there 
had extremely large customers that they would enter into very special arrangements. They'd offer them huge discounts on their electricity day in and day out, provided those large customers were agreeable to the fact that maybe once or twice a year they might be called on and the utility would tell them, sorry, we're not going <laughs> to allow you to have any power today. We're going to shut you off basically at the substation level, and you're going to need to send you know, all of your manufacturing facility employees home, or you're going to need to send yeah. all of the folks on your, on your plant home for the day. Well, that's kind of a crude way of doing demand response. That's sort of what we think of as demand response with a machete. We're coming in and doing demand response with a scalpel. We're coming in and saying, wait a minute, we don't need to shut businesses down in order to um, enact demand response. We can go in and just find some of the non-essential electricity usage, you know, yeah. turn the temperature down a little bit, uh, uh, dim the lighting to, you know, one-third lights or two-third lights at the grocery store, run a backup generator if you have uh, an emergency generation uh, capability. Do things that allow you to, to continue to run your business but allow um, the utility to see some reduced load across their system at peak times. Mm-hmm. So who, who are these customers? Who, who, I know it's well beyond the traditional utility as we, you know, we know it. And that's sort of certainly what comes to mind for me um, as, I, as I learn more and more about this industry. What are examples of other customers with whom you're working? And do you, are you finding that they, they get this concept beyond sort of the money-making opportunity? Yep. So uh, there are two sets of customers that Enernoc has and all demand response companies have. The first set of customers are the utilities because we're providing this service to utilities. We are uh, allowing the utilities to turn to us, a demand response provider, instead of firing up that next peaking power plant on its system. So we're helping the utility reduce its carbon footprint. We're helping the utility reduce emissions, provide a much more cost-effective form of supply capacity by basically reducing demand. So our customers are utilities in one bucket, but our customers are also the commercial, industrial, and institutional end users of electricity. So you know, our customers are the school systems, the hospitals, the universities, data centers, you know, paper mills, uh, manufacturing facilities, ice skating rinks. I mean, it's anywhere where there's a, a lot of electricity load. Um, you know, I like to think that I, you know, I, I live in, uh, in uh, the greater Boston area, and it's, I probably can't go more than a half a mile uh, in any direction on any given day without finding, you know, some customer of Enernox, whether it's a high-rise office building in downtown Boston, a uh, grocery store out in the suburbs, or some small uh, niche manufacturing facility that, uh, that we work with that is reducing load at peak times and helping us meet the needs that the utility depends on in our region. Mm-hmm. If you go into a grocery store next summer in the Boston area uh, and it's one of those super hot days, and you look up at the lights and you see that it's only at two-thirds lighting, you can bet that Enernock is in that facility, whether it's Stop and Shop or uh, Hannaford Brothers or Whole Foods. Um, you know, these are, these are folks that are uh, you know, getting a lot of value because we're paying them every quarter to be a part of this network of customers that is, you know, at the ready. At any time, they could be dispatched in order to reduce peak demand on the grid. So 
Pretty much everywhere you go, uh, you're seeing businesses participate in this. Uh, this is becoming a best practice in energy management these days. That's great. I was actually in the Whole Foods in Dedham yesterday, and I don't know if you've been there, but it is absolutely gargantuan. And I'm, I don't know whether they're, yeah. they're one of your clients, but um, how does that work then for the customers? Do they think that the store is closed if the, uh, if the lights are down, or is it something they don't, that they don't, don't even notice? No, it's, it's hopefully something that they don't even notice, although we do... Uh, we do help our customers put up signs and, and come up with, um, you know, come up with some information for customers so that if customers do notice that it's a little dim uh, or a little, little bit less lit up in the store than usual, or maybe they sense some temperature changes or they see that the, uh, the frozen foods doors fog up a little, that's all because we've made, made some changes to uh, enact demand response during those periods of time. So you might hear an overhead announcement in the grocery store Hey, hey, shoppers, keep shopping, but just notice that we're going to be dimming our electricity. We're going to be reducing our electricity usage so that we keep the power flowing in this area of the grid so that when you get home today, you're going to be able to fire up your air conditioner. And that's because we've reduced our consumption of electricity to make sure there's electricity available for everyone today. So we do help them with their messaging. Um, but generally, yeah, I mean, the facilities continue to operate. You can think of a manufacturing facility that basically turns to maintenance mode on a demand response day. So if, you know, a, a manufacturing facility that's usually at full production might have five, six megawatts worth of peak demand, um, they'll shut that, those, that equipment off. They'll, they'll tell their workers to uh, perform maintenance on the equipment, which they do once a month or once every, uh, once every quarter. And, you know, it's a great way to basically tune your operations to the needs of the electricity grid, make money in demand response, save money in reducing your electricity consumption, and basically optimize the, the way we run our nation's electricity grid. So it's really a win-win-win for customers, utilities, and all energy users. That's amazing. Now, now let me ask you, because I, I interviewed um, uh, Fritz Morgan of, of Digital Lumens, and I asked him this question, I think it may may you may give me a similar response. Is it something that's too good to be true? Is that, a, is that tough for the customers when you're talking to them or like, you gotta be kidding me. I mean, there's no, there's there. I don't, you know, I know that with digital lumens, they go out and they say, well, we can save you 90%, you know, and your energy bills. And people are like, yeah, right now. I mean, cause from what I'm hearing, there really isn't a downside to not getting involved. Is that a challenge for you to convince customers that it actually behooves them to be a part of this? It absolutely used to be. I mean, when we first were getting started with, uh, with our company and, and the commercial offering that we were bringing to market in 2003 and 2004, that was one of the first challenges we had to overcome is that people didn't understand why they could receive so much money for curtailing electricity just a few times a year. And right. That, that, was, that was where it became very key for us to try to explain the way uh, our electricity grid works. And the way our electricity grid works, it works such that the last producer of electricity sets the price for the market for that entire period. So you can imagine that when there's a lot of demand on the system, some of your most expensive power plants are the ones that are bidding in to the electricity grid and saying, I will produce electricity, but only if I can get paid an extremely high price for my hour's worth of supply. Well, that means that everybody else who's producing electricity during that hour is also going to receive that incredibly high price for electricity. 
that puts an enormous amount of extra cost into the system during those peak days and during those peak hours. And so if demand response can reduce the amount of demand on the system and make it so that those expensive uh, peak power plants don't have to bid in and don't set that incredibly high price, that means that it's not just thousands of dollars that the system mm-hmm. saves. It's literally millions of dollars just by the actions of a few hundred customers reducing their use of electricity. So then when you put it in that context, people can understand, well, geez, if the system is saving millions or even tens of millions of dollars today, no wonder I can get paid so much money for providing so much value to all. I'll take my tiny portion of it, and the system can save a tremendous amount of money. So all of a sudden, when customers are saying, geez, if I didn't use electricity today, I'd really only be saving you know, a few dollars on my electricity bill, you know, maybe a few hundred dollars today if I'm a large commercial user and I, and I reduce my demand. When we tell them that they're going to get paid tens of thousands of dollars for that behavior, suddenly that makes sense to them. And that's what mm-hmm. we've been able to do is just describe the way the electricity grid works, describe how much value reducing demand at peak times provides to the system, and describe that we've set up a system and a construct, not just us, but the market uh, the market makers, the folks that are actually running these systems, have put incentives in place and structures in place such that um, they want demand reduced in order to reduce prices and increase reliability on the system, and they're willing to pay these premiums to have customers do that. Well, then the light bulb goes off for customers, and they say, that's something I want to participate in. It's fairly low risk. Enternoc makes it a no-risk proposition. We install the technology. We install the automation in the cases where customers want us to automate it. And then a customer gets paid for being on standby. And, you know, suddenly they think of themselves as a type of insurance provider for the grid. And um, it all seems to make sense. And then, you know, now that we have over 10,000 customer sites mm-hmm. participating throughout the U.S. and Canada and elsewhere throughout the world, uh, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to deny that, you know, 10,000 uh, folks that are participating are, are somehow, uh, you know, making the wrong decision. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, did you find then last week uh, that that part, you know, a lot of the value then at the conference is a lot of these people are meeting each other and uh, perhaps for the first time they may not do business together per se, your customers, but they're able to share their experiences with each other. Absolutely. There's two things that were going on last week that I think were important. One is mm-hmm. just what you described: the customers are meeting each other. They might be from the exact same industry, and they're able to share some of their ideas and best practices with one another in order to save money on electricity, in order to save money on, on energy. Um, so there's a lot of that you know, idea generating and idea sharing that goes on. And then the second thing is that it's a forum for customers to realize that demand response, which is where the majority of our customers got started with us, is really just that. It's a stepping stone into deeper and deeper forms of energy management. With demand response, we have to collect the energy data um, at our customer sites every five minutes. That's a lot of energy data that we can pour over, that our systems and our technology can pour over and find additional energy savings measures for customers um, through that data-driven energy efficiency, through our persistent commissioning application, um, through our insight application that we offer to customers. And these are you know, very straightforward, basic pieces of technology. They're business analysis tools um, that just about any customer, any end user of electricity 
in the commercial industrial sector could get value out of. And, you know, it's not unlike the, you know, beginning period of the Internet where, you know, basically suddenly customers were understanding that there's a lot of power to unlock in the exchange of data, real-time information. The travel industry was revolutionized by the uh, ability of customers to really demand information and use that information to go drive um, their travel decisions and their energy decisions, or their Mm -hmm. uh, travel decisions, I should say. Well, the same thing is happening now as we unlock the power of the smart grid. Suddenly, we're talking about two-way communication uh, of energy data and empowering customers to get value out of looking at that data, using that data to drive better decision-making in their energy decision-making activities. Tim, I have a question about competition, because what, what this leads me to believe, mm-hmm. you know, based on our, our conversation so far, is who else is out there doing this? Are you, are you the biggest, or are there other people out there gunning for market share? There's absolutely a, a very vibrant, competitive market. I think that suggests that this is something that uh, is a very important, very sustainable, and very interesting business to be in. Um, you know, we're probably one of, of uh, a half a dozen uh, demand response providers out there of, of you know, of, of any size and scale. We are the largest. Uh, we operate on uh, three continents in five countries. Um, you know, we have almost 7,000 megawatts of demand response under management. That's the equivalent of, you know, about seven nuclear power plants, uh, 70 peaking power plants, depending on how you want to measure it. Um, there are other companies that, you know, are taking, um, you know, more of a low-tech approach than we do. We tend to focus on long-term solutions where we mm-hmm. believe that the future of demand response is going to be heavily tech-driven. You're going to see a lot of automation, a lot of... Um, you know, a lot of advancement in the way, you know, customers expect a lot of this stuff to be an automatic aspect of their business. So we've invested heavily in our technology. We've invested in business processes and other techniques that we think are going to, you know, make us uh, very differentiated for the long term and, you know, allow us to continue to expand and grow into many more markets. And then, you know, what we do that's probably most unique is we don't just stop with demand response. Um, you know, we believe it, that demand response is really a skeleton key for unlocking the value of data-driven energy efficiency, uh, for helping customers reduce their expenditures on their commodity supply by understanding exactly what they're paying for with their uh, supply providers. Um, so there's a lot more to energy management than just demand response, and that's, that's the way we're trying to make sure people understand what it is that Enernock offers that's so different in the marketplace. And it seems to be working. You know, we've been mm-hmm. growing faster than any of our competitors in the market over the last several years. So that sort of begs the question then of where do you see yourself in five years? How are you going to grow even bigger? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it, you know, it's a pretty simple formula. And the simple formula is to do what we're doing now and just continue to excel at it. And what we do now is we address customers' energy management needs, starting with demand response and energy efficiency, and we help them measure their carbon footprint, mitigate their emissions, and um, you know, also help them with their supply decisions. So if we can continue to excel at each one of those, um, you're talking about just in the U.S. alone, in aggregate, those four markets, the market for demand response, for data-driven energy efficiency, for supply, and for carbon, uh, carbon reduction or carbon emissions footprint uh, measurement, 
Those four markets total $20 billion in addressable market opportunity right now. Wow. And, you know, we'll, we'll do about $300 million in revenue this year, and we are, you know, a market leader, a market share leader in many of those, uh, many of those markets that I just described. So clearly there's uh, an awful lot of opportunity just focusing on the things that we're doing today. And I don't think you'll hear that, you know, Enernoc is going to stray very far from that because there's so much to do just to be excellent in those areas. Demand response is something that, you know, we expect to see more of throughout the uh, Midwest part of the U.S. We expect to see more and more demand response in the Southeast, and we expect it to be uh, even more penetrated internationally. And you've seen us grow into the Australian market and New Zealand market. So I think you'll see that we probably have an even bigger global footprint in five years. Uh, you'll see that our megawatts under management have probably doubled, if not more than doubled. And you'll probably see that the number of energy efficiency companies, uh, energy efficiency customers of Enernox dwarfs what the number is today. And, you know, we have 1,500 plus sites that are, uh, you know, under management right now for something beyond demand response with Enernox. So, Clearly, we have thousands of customers that want to go beyond just the demand response applications that I talked about uh, to start with today. So it's an exciting time for us, and the growth is, uh, is something that we don't see ending anytime soon. Now, you mentioned that you're, that you're all over. I mean, you are. You're all, all over the, the world. Um, mm-hmm. Let's talk about the, the regions. There's got to be you know, different issues going on depending upon region. Uh, how does, how does Enernoc adapt to this? Well, it's a great question. It's probably what, you know, makes this business um, unique from other businesses that are selling, you know, their software and solutions worldwide. Um, it's a little bit more challenging for us to, than it is for the typical software and services company to expand uh, because of the regional nature of electricity. One market is not necessarily the same as another market, just here in the U.S., um, you know, we started out with a focus on New England simply because the New England states had organized into what's called a regional transmission organization. They had deregulated the electricity market, and they provided uh, through a restructuring of that market, they provided for a competitive environment for uh, all utilities and third-party electricity providers like Enernoc to go out there and compete with one another for the best possible economic solutions for delivering power to customers in that, in that region. That's the same throughout the U.S. There are a variety of regional transmission organizations throughout the U.S. that have different ways of bringing demand response into their market. Um, there are thousands of utilities throughout the U.S. that we need to go and do business with in one form or another, depending on the regulatory structure in that market. And then the same exists globally, where um, you know just because there might be uh, electricity shortages in South Africa, or there might be, you know, electricity shortages in some of the developing nations, we need to work with the regulators in those regions to allow them to see the benefit of allowing customers and their ability to reduce electricity demand to get value for that activity. Because not, not everywhere does a customer receive value for their ability to reduce electricity at peak demand. There isn't a demand response market or a demand response regulatory construct in every part of the world. And so one of the things we do is we work hand-in-hand with, uh, with those regulators, hand-in-hand with legislators and others in those markets to 
understand that there's a tremendous value that can be unlocked if you allow customers to participate as, you know, basically suppliers of electricity in the market. Mm-hmm. The concept being that their, their ability to reduce is a supply resource. So what would you, what region have you found to be, I mean, I guess you can probably answer this and, and I'll ask in the context of current customers, what region was, was the most difficult to convince that this was in their best interest? Well, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll take one that I'm not sure it was the most difficult, but it, it illustrates, um, it illustrates the challenges. You know, Texas wasn't really sure uh, back in 03, 04, and 05 that it wanted to have a broad-based demand response market. And so there really wasn't an opportunity, and you did not see participation from the grocery stores and the hospitals and universities. They weren't uh, participating in any demand response programs or demand response market opportunities that existed in the entire state of Texas, and that's a 60,000-megawatt region. Well, all of a sudden, 2006 comes, and a couple things happen. They have... Uh, the wind suddenly stopped blowing on a day when they didn't expect the wind to stop blowing. And they were several thousand megawatts short unexpectedly, and they had to have rolling blackouts. And they also had a heat wave, an unexpected heat wave, at about the same time. And suddenly customers were losing power. You had rolling blackouts, um, and legislators and ERCOT, which runs the electricity grid down in Texas, was suddenly feeling very... Uh, I would say, vulnerable to reliability concerns. They were, you know, exploring any quick, uh, quick fixes that they could find in order to, you know, increase reliability and avoid future blackouts and brownouts. And so what you saw was all of a sudden we were um, asked to present how demand response had been a reliable resource in other parts of the United States, and there became uh, a movement down in Texas to introduce demand response as a resource, as a market-based resource down in, in Texas. And so there's now, you know, Texas is one of our faster-growing uh, parts of the country now in light of um, them realizing that if you allow customers to be part of the solution and, and you can put an organized, uh, structured program in place or an organized, structured market opportunity in place for customers and allow third parties to come in and install the technology and you know, run the business process that's needed to get customers to curtail in response to the needs of the entire system, you suddenly have a much more reliable system. And that's what, uh, you know, demand response was very important for Texas uh, this past year when, again, um, they ran into some problems with their grid with some unexpected temperature changes at just the wrong time. And this time they had a lot more demand response resources down there. And you know, what I'm told even today is that they're looking at continuing to expand the penetration of demand response by growing the amount of demand response in that market by opening up even more opportunities for load to participate. So a lot yeah. of it is just that type of, you know, grassroots work that needs to go on with the folks that are running these very complex systems that uh, exist on our electricity grid. Right. And sort of letting them figure it out on their own in a way, just sort of letting the timing, they're like, oh, you actually may have something good here, as opposed to saying you have to do this and shoving it down their throats. It sounds like they had a situation where then they, they then came to you, which is always nice. Exactly. 
Yeah. Well, this has been fabulous. Thank you for taking the time. It's fun for my listeners to learn about your company. You're doing some great stuff. And uh, I appreciate all of your very thoughtful answers and uh, look forward to having you back on the show. Well, I'm happy to do it. And, you know, I encourage listeners to, uh, if they want to learn more, uh, we have a lot of information on our website at www.enernoc.com. And we'd love to have folks uh, learn more and get their businesses involved because this is this is what's next in the future. So thanks very much, Chrissy. This is very enjoyable. You're very welcome. Thank you, Tim. Bye-bye. The proceeding has been Nature of Business with Chrissy Coughlin in association with GreenBiz.com. 